Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code SPOTIFY for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Welcome to the Weekly Exchange. This week in Forex and Strategy Game News, we have updates on Planetfall, Stellaris, Interstellar Space Genesis, and much, much more. Troy. Hey, Troy. Welcome to the show. Hey, Nate. It's good to be here tonight. How are you doing? Oh, I'm so tired. <laughs> so tired. But, uh, you know, on the other hand, I'm glad to be here. I'm also glad that there's not there wasn't a lot of news this week, so hopefully this show will be on the shorter end. Yeah, we've so. had a couple of long weeks together, haven't we? Yeah, man. Especially with some of the difficulties we've been having. Just trying to figure out what it is. You know, we got rid of Skype and switched over to Discord. And for a while, it was really good. And then all of a sudden, stuff started happening. And it's just like, ah, oh, come on. Give us a break. Enough already, you know? Oh, yeah, for sure. So, well, why don't we go ahead and get things kicked off with Age of Wonders Planetfall. What you got for us this week on that? Well, this past week, it's um, Dev Diary 29 called Hero Development. And it's actually one of two. And the first, so not this week, I mean, for one this week and probably one next week. And it's going to have, um, so this week's one is talking about the hero skills and how it's, how they are similar and different to Age of Wonders 3. And then the next one that is not covered here has to do with um, uh, weaponry, like how you equip them, their equipment and stuff like that. So that's going to be covered next time. So, okay, so they begin by talking about uh, heroes and specifically how you build them up and there's actually right now four types of heroes you have ranged heroes which pretty much specialized in keeping a distance from their targets so you'll have snipers you'll have nimble as they call them nimble flanking skirmishers what that means is probably a unit that moves really fast and gets all kinds of bonuses if it can get a flanking shot on you then you have melee heroes which are pretty much close combat specialists so you know close the distance and you know duke it out then you have support which are going to be healers and you know they're going to be buffing and debuffing uh various units on the battleboard and then finally you have pilots and those are going to be ones that are going to be either riding something so in in the case of amazons riding those giant t-rex looking dinosaurs with lasers on their heads or if uh you are um one of the mechanized units maybe being in a mech or in a tank or something like that. i know that the var have their heroes can have tanks so something like that so that's you know that's how the, that's the first thing that's different in um 
Edgemonders 3, you didn't really have that differentiation, so any hero could have been any of those, and really, they're very samey. Now, one of the major differences, right up the fr- right, uh, right off the start, is that in Age of Wonders, after the community, rec- in Pl- Age of Wonders 3, to be specific, the community kept saying, it doesn't make sense if you're playing a particular, like the Tigrin, why would you have, you know, heroes that are orcs or heroes that are elves? It just doesn't make sense. So you had an option to shut that off where you wouldn't get them. But here you automatically start with that. And the reason is because of the secret tech. So when you select your general, you get a choice of what like the secret tech for the general for your faction is. And if you're going to recruit a hero from another faction, that can be a real big problem. So you can't really do that, especially early on. But later in the game, let's say you take you uh, consume another faction, be it conquering or a city flip or whatever, you know, you assimilate another faction, then you can start recruiting heroes from that faction and things change up. And, you know, so that's neat. That's, you know, that's that's an option. That's something that's already in the game now. So that's great. Now, another thing is you have um, hero abilities and some of them are very like tailored to specific things. So, for example, there's there's an Amazon one called the Warcry, and friendly units within two hexes, they gain a 20% increase to damage for three turns. So if you have a ranged hero and you're keeping your hero back amongst your ranged units, then everybody gets a bonus to damage, and that's great. But let's say you have a hero that needs to get up close and personal, and... Um, you need to cover this, you need to cover a large distance, right? Because you have a melee hero. So then you have something like called the phase shift. And for that, you need to have void tech. And what it does is it lets you teleport closer to the enemy unit and still give you enough movement to, you know, get off an attack. So there's a lot of customization like that. Now, they mentioned that at first this feels very OP, but the thing is, like, everybody has access to it. It's not like you're the only one that will have access to it. And early on, you need it because you're really underpowered. So that should help deal with it. Now, then you have um, operations. Now, operations in Age of Wonders Planetfall are the same as spells in Age of Wonders 3. So they explain a little bit how they're different. And as I mentioned, there's the whole hero recruitment and leveling and you get to see a few heroes that you haven't really seen before and i mean it's it's really neat i think it's it's not revolutionary i think it's it's um i don't even know if it's evolutionary it's just a nice upgrade from age of wonders 3 because i think they did such a good job in age of wonders 3 that there wasn't much more that they could do to improve heroes and they went ahead and they did it here so we'll, we'll see i mean i'll be curious to hear back from people in uh it's coming out in august so i mean it'll be a while another six months half a year from now but it'll be interesting to see what people think of it once it comes out and uh you know as they release more stuff you know and they'll show us more gameplay footage for us to analyze and scrutinize and you know pick over until we've had our fill and then the game comes out and it's like yeah let's see what that's all about you know yeah for sure so yeah in addition to what you were just talking about there with Planetfall, we got some big news for Predestination. It is finally gone live. It is officially launched. If you recall, it had its first Kickstarter back in 2012, I believe. And seven years later, here we are. 
it's an officially launched video game. So we want to wish Brain and Nerd Studio a very big congratulations. It took them uh, a lot of work and a lot of effort uh, for a small team to bring this game to light. And we're very happy for them that they finally made it after all this time. So what's this mean for them going forward? Well, they are continuing to develop the game. They're, they're already working on some additional features and things they'd like to see in the game. Uh, they even have ideas when it comes to expanding the game down the road. But one of the reasons that they launched now is that they've been accepted into uh, kind of a, I think it's a governmental program for game developers game developers sorry in uh i think it's it says ni game developers i think that is northern ireland so oh, is that is that where they're from yeah that's where they're from they're from northern uh-huh. ireland so i think that's what ni means huh. in their update uh i mean obviously it's headquartered right. here in belfast so i i'm thinking that's what it means anyway uh that means they're going to be getting some additional help and resources in their development and that is really great that they've been accepted into that. And I hope that it turns out really well for them and they're able to either finish up whatever it is they want to do on this game, although I don't feel it's an unfinished game. I believe it's a finished game. But, you know, some people want to develop their games beyond the initial launch. And if that's their right. plan, I hope they succeed in that. Or if they choose to pursue another project, that they get the kind of help they need for that. Um, all in all, it's very positive for what's going on over there at Brain and Nerd Studios. Well, you know something interesting? What's that? I can think of two similar programs like that that are in gaming. There is uh, the Polish counterpart where um, that helped... Um, Wasteland back. Studios? Wasteland Interactive? Wasteland, also, I believe it also helped with Thea, too. That's right, yeah. Um, with games. And then there's the Australian one, and the one that I... The one that we've covered before is Armello and that was supported also from like the tourism and something you know entertainment and tourism board of australia so you know these programs potentially have a really big impact especially for indie studios and that's i mean that is really cool yeah it and and for these companies that are companies these countries like poland the uk norway australia that have some fledgling uh game development industries. I think it's really good that they're getting some support there. Uh, they've also, speaking of Brain and Nerd, have uh, started an AMA on their forums on Steam. So if you have questions about what they're doing and where they're going with the game, they'll answer your questions there. And uh, so far, I think that most of the people in the uh, discussion boards there have been positive, pretty positive. Um, you know, it's a game with graphics and a user interface that will take some getting used to. But, you know, I played it now. I think I've played it about 30 hours. Let me check my... Yeah, 36 hours so far. And it's changed a lot since I first started playing it back in, I want to say, 2015. It's the first time I fired it up. Uh, so, you know, it's, it's here. It's launched. I'm really happy for how they're doing. And uh, I hope things turn out the way that they want going forward. Very cool. Very cool. Well, we, you know, obviously we wish them luck. Uh, we like what they were doing with predestination. And here's the funny thing, at least to me, they remember when they were doing the version numbers and when they wrote, so they considered version like 
0.999 and however many numbers followed like alpha and then when they rolled over to version 1.0 they're like okay now we're in beta and i'm like wait a minute Usually in software development, at least in gaming, once you hit 1.0, you're actually at release. But they were like, no, no, we're in beta. And then when they hit 1.2, they're at release. And it's like, okay, that's kind of weird. But anyways, um, as far as I'm concerned, bugs aside, I think the game has been in a finished state now, at least for a couple of months, at least since before Christmas, if I remember, maybe even before that. And they kind of went radio silent. So, yeah, we'll see. We'll see what the... You know, the reviews are from the people. Once we have our review up, we can definitely examine that further and, you know, keep keep going. So if you'd like to buy Predestination, there'll be a link in the notes to the Steam store. So give it a look-see and uh, let's move on to the next game. Um, this past week, we had also a update from Stellaris. Dev Diary number 141. It's called Exploring the Future. And this one is being delivered by the new um, game designer, I think. I'm not sure. I if I remember correctly, I believe his name is Daniel Morgard, but I could be wrong. And uh, he's talking about, um, you know, where Stellaris is going. I mean, Stellaris is almost three years old at this point. And they're talking about, ver they're talking about version 2.2.6. So by the time that you hear this podcast, it'll be one day away from the release of that version. And some of the highlights from that patch are reworking of the user interface for the planet interface, because right now it's a little bit of a mess. And they're saying that the big changes are really going to impact habitats, ecumenopolises, and other megastructures like that. Then uh, something that they've been talking about are ship upgrades, where you can upgrade, upgrade individual ships, not just all fleets. So if in mid-upgrade cycle you run out of resources, you know, you still upgraded a bunch of ships. So that's another option. Then they, um, they're they starting to um, update several of the civics and ascension perks. So the problem with a lot of them right now is they're essentially... I mean, the names are interesting, but their function is plus two to this, plus one to that. A little bit, 5% here, 2% there, 10%. You know, it's, it's boring. Really, really boring. So they're going to try to make it more interesting, more creative. Uh, big big update to the military AI. That's been a huge complaint from everywhere, especially like the the soup the super players or the what do we call these guys that have like thousand plus hours in Stellaris? The meta mega players. Yeah, that sounds good. The the mega gamers. Um, Mark being one of them, Icevania being another, several others, and they've all been talking about how terrible the. AI combat has become and they're tackling it. They're trying to improve it. They're going to keep working on it and the usual working on bugs, quality of life, balances. So I'm not even going to touch on these notes. These notes are ridiculous. You know, it's the large. It's pages and pages. What I will do is I will forward to the bottom of it. And at the bottom of this, usually at the end of these patch notes, it's just, you know, comments begin. But this time around, they have something called the future. And uh, he, the this guy, he's telling us about what he'd like to see done, and you know, under his um, I don't know supervision. While he's behind the the creative wheel of Stellaris, he wants to tackle sectors because they've really become a problem. They used to be so so, then they were improved, but very very micromanagement heavy, and then 
with the the recent update, Leguin, like they're like, what? They don't make sense. So he wants to bring sense back to them. He wants to make them give the player more control, but at the same time, also make him more hands off. So we'll have to see what they do with it. And then they're going to continue tweaking the pop growth because right now it is such a micromanagement nightmare. So they're going to be working on that. And then, of course, continuing future goals and not like they're not putting in order like, okay, the next five DLC or expansions or whatever are going to be like this. They're just saying these are things they want to work on. So they want to work on um, background. So they want to add more. Now, I don't know if they're specifically talking about the graphical backgrounds behind the leaders or if they're talking about like uh, additional skills. So we'll kind of have to see, but they want to work on that. They're, you know, continuing with the civics. They're going to keep working on making institutions more interesting. They're going to keep developing espionage. They're going to tackle religion and cults again. So they're kind of doing, they're looping around and getting back to stuff that they've already addressed, but they're going to further address it. And then they're going to start doing stuff like archaeology, subject contracts. Oh, a big one is Federation again, then the Galactic Council, and then, you know, stuff with primitives. So, you know, it's it's interesting. I'm not seeing, outside of maybe the... The Galactic Council, I'm not really seeing anything well, in archaeology, maybe. Outside of those two, I'm not really seeing anything new, per se. So, you know, the, the wheel goes round and round. So let's see what they do on, like, the third turn of the wheel. So, well, you know, we'll, we'll see. We'll see. I mean, I'm not I'm not looking to jump back into Stellaris anytime soon. Our review for, like, the last two major expansions in DLC, three expansions, is, is going to be dropping soon. And it's going to be a beast of a review, and there's going to be a beast of an audible extension for it, and you know, but when it drops, so you, you know us, we take some. Lately, we've been taking a lot of time on our reviews, but damn it, when they come out, they're really good. Yeah, definitely for sure. Uh, so now we're going to talk a little bit about Interstellar Space Genesis, and this week we got an update on Twitter, which is a weird place to put an update, but here it is, and it's about game difficulty, and actually, it's more than just game difficulty is like options when starting the game and the uh let's see what what's his name adam solo i think it is evan solo something like that goes through and explains how to adjust the difficulties of the game and, and as he's explaining the tool tips for the different difficulties come up and there's a lot of information on there about what each difficulty means and i love that i think we had someone like early on with Explorminate write an article or mentioned in a podcast like difficulty names what's that Oliver yeah I think it was Oliver Oliver. difficulty names are so useless because they don't really tell the player what that means what does hard mean versus normal or what does hard mean versus difficult or something like that right in here this game tells you a lot of what is going to happen to you when you choose kind of your personal difficulty. And then you can kind of set a type of difficulty for all the enemy AIs. And that affects like where they start, the number of reasoning, and it explains to the player what exactly that means. And I thought that was really, really good and and quite nice. Like the tool tips are expansive on that. And it gives the player a lot of options for customizing the game, the difficulty for where he or she wants it to be. And then also, as he was going through and explaining all this, we, we got a, 
Well, this was actually my first look at the game itself. And I got to tell you, Nate, this game is pretty. It is a pretty game. The the graphics look good. They're animated. Uh, the descriptions for the different factions are really interesting. And they're all very different looking from each other. It's not just uh, the Star Trek style of aliens with a different forehead, right? They're, yeah. mm-hmm. they're radically different from each other. And I love that. I love to see when games or any type of entertainment um, does something other than just, you know, it's basically human with a different little thing here or there. So I, I really approve of that. And, man, you know, I've been kind of uh, looking sideways at this game because it has just such a, a generic... Uh, it has such a generic name. And it's another Master of Orion spiritual True. successor, True. which we've had, you know... We a, have a, more coming. Yeah, we've had a dozen of them, give or take. But anyway, yeah, I can see why people are liking this game. It looks it looks good to me. Well, that's that's high praise from you because usually you're kind of kind of blasé about it, but you know, you are starting to dare I say get excited by the potential. Oh, no, no, no. Let's not use uh, uh, oh. strong words like excited. Oh. But uh interested? I, Interested, yeah. It, it's curious. Well, it's looking a lot better okay. than I would have thought. So for me, that's a long way to come because I, you know, I've I've played uh, almost ninety hours in Endless Space Two, which right. I think is the best Master of Orion successor out there. I don't know mm. how you could get much better than that, to be honest. But well, let's see. Uh, this this thing, it, it looks legit. It's looking legit and. Uh, I, I got to hand it to those guys. I think they're they're doing something special over there, and I'm going to watch a lot more carefully now. Ooh, all right, all right. And uh, continuing on with uh, games that I really enjoy, uh, actually really enjoy that I've played, Offworld Trading Company is getting a uh, free multiplayer client and new DLC that's coming. And uh, the new DLC is called Market Corrections. It's going to have three unique campaigns and 12 new maps for the game. And um, this is a thing where I got to be honest. Like, well, hold on. Let me explain something. Then I'll be honest. Uh, It goes down and it explains, like, all the different maps. And, like, a lot of the maps are um, icy areas on Mars. So that, that'll that add some new twist to it. And, okay, here's where I'm going to be honest. I played the game several times now. And I never really thought that or noticed that the game had maps that were created with intention. I thought they were just procedurally generated maps and, you know, you got whatever you got. And now that I know that there are these sort of intentionally created maps, I'm going to have to explore that more in the game. I was playing it just today, in fact. But, uh, yeah, these these maps look very interesting to use. And so I'm going to have to look a little bit closer at the game because I've always just played skir- skirmishes or something like that. Well, and I really I didn't care you, what the map looked like. I bet you it has to do with the multiplayer. because it, Yeah, it could. In multiplayer matches, you know, you have to have maps that are uh, a known factor. So when you're playing against other people, you kind of, based on your start, you kind of have your tactics set up. Because if you have multiplayer games where the map is random and unbalanced, then, you know, even a weaker player can beat a stronger player if they have a better start. 
And in like in these electronic sports leagues, all these maps and whatever games they're playing, they're always custom made. There's people that play them. If they don't know what to expect on the map, then they shouldn't be there, you know? Right, right. I, I imagine they're used in the campaigns as well. So anyway, yeah, we got a new DLC coming for Offworld Trading Company, and I like it. Okay, well, this uh, this week there was an article on, um, let me see, when was it? Uh, the time of recording, it was a couple of days prior to the recording. There was an article on uh, PC Gamer for Phoenix Point called Release Date and Everything We Know. Now, I am pretty sure I've covered every single thing in this article over the past, you know, five, six, seven months. But not all of the stuff is now like kind of in one place. So if you, the listener, haven't been keeping up or you're kind of curious about, you know, what Phoenix Point is all about, this, I mean, it's... We've covered all of this in detail. Me going over it again is just going to be superfluous. But anyways, there'll be a link to the article. It's kind of a nice little summary. You can click on it. Um, There's lots of details, lots of links there to various things. So, you know, give it a look. I mean, maybe all the things that I've said about Phoenix Point over the past, I don't know, what has it been, a year now or so? Maybe even a little bit longer. Maybe that's what you guys needed to get you on board. Okay, and moving on. Um, this week's game for what is the what is section is called Sigma Theory Global Cold War. Now, this game is a strategy game. It is turn-based. It is a tactics game, but it is not like XCOM per se. It is. Um, I'm trying. What was that? I think, I think Frozen Synapse. I think this is probably more closer related to that. And basically. Um, you are the corporation, corporations, governments, everybody is like in this inside of this cold war. And this is a futuristic cold war. It's not the one that we had in the past where um, you have spies committing various acts of espionage, trying to um, collect information to advance their science. Uh, you're trying to sabotage other scientific endeavors. You are, um, oh, I mean, <sighs> It's it's a science espionage game. It's very stylized. It's very interesting. Um, it's not it's not an XCOM. So you know if you're looking for the next XCOM, this game is not it. But this game could be fun for somebody who's looking for a more contained experience with various endings. Unlike XCOM, which really only has two endings: either you survive and win, or you don't survive and die, and you get to redo the last mission or wherever. So this is uh, this game is interesting. It, it was the inspirations for these games were XCOM, Phantom Doctrine, Plague Inc. Then you have Jagged Alliance, Armello, Civilization, Curious Expedition. It's like it's got a smorgasbord of inspiration. So it'll be very interesting to see how it comes out. So if you want to check it out, we're going to have a link in the notes. Give it a look. See, maybe if this is the kind of game you've been looking for, follow them and, you know, maybe pick it up when it comes out. All right. Very cool. So next we're going to, we are going to discuss our January poll results. And this poll was asking basically... How many di- digital distribution services do you use? And, for instance, Steam is an example of a digital distribution system. So, um, what Origin. is it? Ubisoft's uh, mm-hmm. You Can't Play. Uh, you Play, I mean. Uh, is, Origin. Yeah, those. So, uh, basically, um, 
Gone. The options were one, two, three, four more, and I just get physical copies. And the the winner was two at thirty two percent, followed closely by one at twenty seven percent, and four at twenty eight percent. Oh yeah, I'm sorry. Yeah, four had twenty eight percent, which really surprised me. Which means, like, what's that going to be? That's probably like BattleNet or whatever Blizzard uses now. BattleNet, BattleNet. Um. Steam, Steam Gog and Humble yeah, Humble. Humble's probably those are probably the four biggest ones I would say. You uh, play would probably be in there somewhere. I don't now know about Epic. Origins. Now you have Epic. Now you have Epic. That's true. Uh, the guy from uh, Steam Spy is working on that. Yeah. So um, yeah, very interesting. My my answer was two. Nate, I use Steam and Gog. Uh, do you want to reveal how many you use? I just use, well, I use two, sort of. So I have Steam. That's that's where I game. You know, that's my PC and Mac gaming. It's all on Steam. Well, three. If we're talking consoles, PlayStation Store and the Nintendo Store for the Switch. Well, so I yeah. was kind of thinking about that. Like, are there, I would be curious for some of the people to vote for more. If you're willing to reveal what yours are, do so in the comments and let us know if you consider. I mean, I personally consider them, but when I made up this poll, I was strictly thinking of, you know, PC gaming or Mac gaming or Linux gaming. I wasn't really thinking about, you know, consoles. Only like after I put it up a couple of days later, I was thinking about it. I'm like, oh man, I bet you there are people that are thinking consoles. Oh, I play on my Xbox One or I play on my PS4 or what, you know, on my Switch or something, you know. So I'm curious if people thought. But so for me, the truth is, is I only really use one. I have GOG. I might even have a couple of games on it, but that's probably from like six, seven years ago. I've never, I don't even remember playing anything on it. Uh, but I do, but Steam, I mean, if you're friends with me on uh, on Steam, you can see the games that I have. Though I haven't played many games in the past couple of months, just no time whatsoever. But yeah, it's for me, it's just Steam and then PS4 and, you know, two minutes of uh, Switch when I have a moment, which doesn't happen all that often. And I think that is a perfect time to transition to the next topic, which is what have you been playing this week, Troy? Well, uh, I'll start off with Offworld Trading Company. When we got the announcement for it this week, like mm -hmm. it just made me want to play the game. So I fired it up, and um, I think I played it last back in January. I think I mentioned playing it, and I lost that game. Uh-huh. And then I was playing it today, and I'm winning this game. I'm doing pretty well in it. Because I got a I got a really nice starting spot. Nice. So like that game, if you get a really good starting spot, like that could make a huge, huge difference. So I'm doing well against the AI. And the AI in off world trading company is really good. Yeah, that's that's uh, one of the strengths. That was from the get go they said they would really focus on the AI to make sure that the single player experience is solid. But with the addition of multiplayer, it'll be interesting to see how the AI compares to, you know, other human players right yeah yeah i mean i've tried the multiplayer i played against chris uh, -huh. uh you know one of our staff writers mm -hmm. and uh that was fun but yeah for the most part i just played skirmishes and like it's a blast it's it and space tyrant mm -hmm. are perfect games for people who don't have a lot of time to play games yep. and it, it was great because i got to uh really get in there and uh, 
you know, it took me a little bit to remember how to play and how to use the black market and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. So I got I got sabotaged a couple times till I remembered I, I needed to pick up some goon squads to protect my uh, headquarters and all that sort of thing. Mm. So uh, also also obviously I played just a little bit, not very much at all, of World of Tanks Blitz. So mm. I don't have much to report there. I know they've been doing a couple of things on there, but like I I probably played maybe twenty minutes of it this past mm. week. That's mm. it. How about you? Uh, during the week, just busy, 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 busy. Not no play time during the week. Today, we're recording this on a Saturday night, right before a huge. So up where I'm at, we had a big, well, big for this winter snowstorm. And we have a little lull and we have another one who headed our way over the next couple of days. So I had like a bunch of stuff was canceled. Kids were home. No Saturday activity. So I was playing Thea with my son. As in, I'm playing Thea, and he's my co-pilot, and asking me a million questions, and telling me, don't you remember you were doing this? Don't you remember? Like, from two weeks ago, I'm like, I don't remember. He's like, yeah, yeah, check, you'll see. So, he remembers. So, we we did a little bit of Thea, and then um, I did a little bit of Endless Space 2 with uh, the Penumbra, playing as the new guys, and um, the Umbral Choir, and they play so different. It is such a, on the one hand, breath of fresh air. But on the other hand, I'm like, I have no idea what I'm doing. So, you know, that's kind of, that's fun. That's, you know, for a game that's been out, when that happens, it's fun. And then maybe tomorrow uh, I'll get a chance to fire up Endless Legend a little bit and play that. Um, And then, um, yeah, that's it. And then this one other game that I can't really talk about. So I played a little bit, maybe, maybe an hour today. I'm so hyped for that game, but I can't talk about it. So, you know, there's that. And I think that's it. That's all I got. Uh, I might have missed it. Did you say you played some Thea 2 this week? I did. Today. Awesome. Awesome. I did. Great. But I didn't update to the newest build, so they have that new build out with the seasons and like the the balance changes to crafting and to gathering and all this cool stuff. And like now you can do stuff with the ice demons and, you know, all these things. But because I'm in the midst of my game, if you update to this new version, it basically invalidates your save. So I'm like, I'm not doing that. I want to, like, I got my first elf kid ever. For all the time that I've played, I got an elf kid finally. And that's like, I was so excited by that. <laughs> so, yeah, I'm just going to keep playing this one until I finish it out and then, you know, upgrade it to the next version. But I think awesome. altogether, I have maybe an hour, an hour and a half of gaming so far in the whole week. And that's that's been pretty good considering a little time I've had the past couple of months. Yeah, yeah, I totally understand. Uh, well, is there anything else you want to say before we close this one up? Yep, we're going to keep trying to figure out what's been causing the poor sound quality with the weekly exchange. So we'll keep trying to dial it in, keep looking for causes. If you guys notice something in particular do not hesitate to let us know. We got a thread going in the forums, leave it in the comments. If like if there's a timestamp where all of a sudden stuff got crazy weird for you guys. Because we try to listen, but you know, we've done so many of these sometimes. Even if you're hearing it, you don't hear it. You're like, yeah, everything's good. Yeah, yeah, everything's fine. And then you, you know, it's all good. I post it up and then everybody's like, Nate, what is going on? And I'm like, what? And then when I re-listen to it like a week later, it's like, oh. Right. Yeah. Okay. I see what they're talking about. So if you hear something, let us know. Hear something, say something. That's our motto. But um, what else? Um, This last week, it was the first time ever that I had to ban somebody from commenting 
on any of our articles or podcasts on the website and the same person is banned from our uh, forums and that's that's it that person is no longer welcome he kind of went off the handle i had to edit his post to delete his vitriol and it's just like you know what buddy we're not this i i get first amendment stuff and free speech unfortunately that's not what's happening here and we are not a federal agency and you want to exercise your first speech, you go you go try saying some of that stuff to law enforcement or to a politician or something. Let's see how that turns out for you, okay? So anyways, so we had to do that. I'm sorry if you had to be witness if you caught a glimpse of his uh, colorful language. But uh, having said that, that's it. Just a big, huge thank you to our listeners, to our commenters, to our participants in our forums and in the various comment sections, the ones that listen, listen to the podcast and comment on them, the ones that read our stuff. Huge thank you to all of you. Um, big thank you to the ones that watch our live stream. So Dallin and Ben are back doing stuff and they did something this Thursday. I think they did Dawn of War. And prior week, they did Battlefleet Gothic. So I'm hoping to upload some of those videos soon. And to our patrons, because as usual, without you, this would not be possible. So a huge, huge thank you. And uh, I think springtime is almost upon us. So let's hope that spring is uh, brings us more gaming opportunities. And that's that. Yep, for sure. I, I agree with you 100%. I'm looking forward to warmer temperatures myself. So anyway, we would like to thank everyone for joining us this week. We've really liked having you here on the podcast with us. This has been Troy and Nate for Exploraminate. Take care, everyone. See ya.
Thank you.